Hey everyone, my name's Brayden, and you're listening to A Questioning Faith, a podcast crafted to allow us all to ask hard questions about what we believe and how our beliefs shape us. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. Remember to like and subscribe to all of our social media channels. The links will be in the show notes. Hello, I am Pastor Eric Meyer, Braden Garwood, and Liz Garwood. Together, we are a questioning faith group. People who are trying to live life theologically, live life through a theological lens. What does that mean? It means that we are trying to make the decisions that we make based on how we see or sense the spirit of God in our lives. And everything we think and do and say, trying to get there because we've experienced that it has made a powerful and significant difference in our lives to try to develop a relationship with God. And we also have a lot of friends who have walked away from the church because, or organized religion, uh, could be, in fact, the Methodist, or Methodist, the Muslim faith is losing as many of their young adults and, and Generation Z as any organized religion. It's organized religion in general that. 60% of Americans, 60% yeah, Americans, maybe Western Europe more, are walking away from organized religion because there's nothing there. It hasn't made any difference in their lives. So I'm a pastor, been a pastor for uh, since 2014, so seven years this year. Then my, my third career uh, was a Toy salesman, sold toys to companies all over the country and worked with manufacturers from all over the world. Got burned out about uh, through that. And because there was nothing there other than a job title and a paycheck, and there was a lot of title and a lot of paycheck and life was miserable. And walked away from that, uh, spent a year trying to figure out what I was doing with my life. And uh, through deep depression and anxiety, reached out to my friend who was the pastor of the church I went to. Didn't really make any difference in my life, but I went to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm telling you, I heard God whispering in my ears as I was begging for help in prayer. Um, Call your pastor. So I did. And he just laughed when I called and he said, this is what pastors live for. Let's have lunch. And it began a relationship and a mentorship, uh, a, a spiritual development in which I experienced powerfully the spirit of God shaping and transforming my life. And that's why I'm here. Liz Garwood, why are you here? <laughs> oh, so many reasons. Um, I'm like here a lot because I think of you uh, and your guidance, but um, I'm originally from Southern California and I grew up in the in the Methodist faith and uh, had an opportunity to uh, move to Nebraska, Grand Island, Nebraska, uh, after several careers in the health and fitness industry, um, which is where I met my husband, Braden Garwood. So I'd say it was a successful move. Um, I moved to Grand Island, Nebraska to work in a Methodist church as the director of the children's ministry, and I loved it and um, thought, wow, if I could just do such as a a VBS every week, like, that's crazy, but that would, the joy that I got from serving the children and was just amazing. Um, And so my husband, wanted to move back up to where his roots are and where we have family closer. Um, and so we moved up to South Sioux City, Nebraska, and here we are. We have two beautiful children. Oh, I didn't know I'm being quiet. You're, I feel like you're talking real, real quiet. I'm okay. Gonna, I'm going to say I'll edit this part out, but you're not being you. You're acting. Again. And I guess I'm just really nervous for people to know who I am. I don't know. That's okay. Yeah. 
Because how do you how do you give a biography? How do you give a snippet about yourself when there's so much to know mm-hmm. that makes you who you are? Right now? Yeah. I am. I stand up for what's right. I rebel, and which is probably why I'm not in my two last career changes. Why I'm oh, not. Now we're getting some. Why I'm not in the last two places I've been employed in the Siouxland area because I asked questions. So why wouldn't I be here asking questions about my faith? When I, uh, something just is not sitting right with me in the world. It just can't be how it is. So when I met these two, I came here in July of 2020 and was wondering how in the world can I do what I've been hired to do, which was to help rebuild three small churches that had gone through years and years and years of arguments, um, congregational infighting, splits, declines. Uh, 2005, there's all these pictures of 20, 30 kids in youth group. And we have like three children in the pews, two of them. Yours? (laughs) Two two of them are yours. And then Wyatt. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was, uh, I was wondering where do we go from here and praying a lot and strategizing a lot and, uh, started to work with Braden. Hadn't met Liz. I didn't meet you for a couple of months mm-hmm. and Braden and I hit it off pretty much immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was like a click and we're like, oh, this could be good. Yeah. Um, the first meeting that that we had together i within five minutes in that meeting i i remember telling you this but i felt like okay here's here's pastor eric and he reminds me of some of the other pastors that i have really really enjoyed working with um that have kind of formed your that have yeah not just kind of formed that have been kind of have been the bedrocks of how my faith has been formed um, they've given me the spiritual practices. They've given me the studies, the books, the, and they've walked with me. They've been the people who have, who have been there walking. And, and within five minutes, I already had that same feeling from you and, and just that energy that there is something good here and something exciting here that we can do together. And, uh, so that's what this is turning into is, is, what are where where are those conversations leading us and and so i guess i'll tell a little bit about me and and how i got here is that i did i was i was part of that group of 20 and 30 and 40 kids at this church and through these conversations that we're having together we're figuring out that that a lot of what we do together is just ask each other questions. And so we want and we accept and we need a faith built on questions, not answers. And so we're calling this a questioning faith, not a faith that is certain about God is there for sure. Like, yes, we're certain, but we're certain through experience. We're certain through our faith. We're certain through the stories that we're sharing. Uh, as a kid in this church, I uh, I remember, and I've told this story a couple of times, but as a kid in this church, I remember going home on Sunday afternoons and swinging in our swing set in the backyard, watching the clouds go over in the plains every once in a while. And, and I remember several times belting out whatever the hymns were that we were singing that Sunday. And just, as you would imagine, a, I don't know how old I was, but just belting. Because I, I knew there was a, a truth and a connectedness to something bigger than me in the words, in the music, in the, in it. And at the same time, there was a, another question in me at that 
exact same time. And I just re recently realized that I was asking or doing these things at the same time as a kid. I would sit in this room behind us and look at the things on the altar and look at the big cross hanging from the ceiling and look at the banners and the stained glass. And I would look at it as a child and go, that's the glass that's colored. That's a piece of metal shaped like a cross. Did we really all just come into this room on a regular basis to talk to those things? And so from a really young age, I had this understanding that no, those things aren't why we're here. Those things aren't what we're worshiping. There's some intangible thing beyond what those symbols are. And so for a long time, I've had that like, I'm chasing after that. I'm asking questions about that. Thing. I'm not asking questions about this thing. This thing is good. This thing brought me to those other questions. I wouldn't be where I'm at without this thing. So as Eric was talking about, um, we're inviting ourselves. We're inviting you as the listeners, the watchers, viewers, community members, what, wherever you happen to find yourself on this thing, ask the questions too. And ask us the questions that you're asking. Because we want to know those things too. Like we, The conversation is, hap is, is the fun. The conversation <laughs> is the fun, absolutely. Uh, and as we've been having these conversations, Braden and Liz have become more and more vulnerable opening themselves to, to me, to who they are, uh, to who they are at a very personal level in which my guess is you probably haven't opened yourself up to other people before. And this, what we've been experiencing together over the past four or five months is a model for what we hope that we can bring to this community that Asking questions requires a tremendous amount of vulnerability. We're all, until we practice it, we're all terrified that people are gonna judge us. Yeah. We don't know enough, uh, uh, we're not smart enough, that's a dumb question. Uh, I'm not religious enough. I'm not religious enough, they won't accept me. And we wanna begin with, you're accepted. <laughs> we just wanna be with you. We wanna have conversations with you, you won't be judged. And I'm going to go back to when I first met Braden and Liz, uh, a vulnerable time. Uh, I've run two businesses before coming here. They were both successful. Had a martial arts business after, as I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with uh, the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And we doubled the, that business in, in one year, my partner and I. It was just so much fun. Uh, but then to come here after being in ministry for six years at a very large church and Oh, what if I fail? Mm -hmm. What if I fail? This would be like the first failure, the first real failure. And, uh, and Braden and I are hitting it off and I'm thinking, oh, this young man can sing and he's got this connection with people. There's this charisma. And I hadn't met Liz yet. And then I, I see a Facebook post and you were frustrated and angry with the church. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I thought, oh, no, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and uh, I can't wait to meet this uh, this young lady to, to see what has, has caused the frustration with the church. But that frustration is where so many people are. And mm -hmm. I love what you just said a few minutes ago is I question things. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to sit and take it and be quiet. I'm going to raise those questions. And we desperately need people like you. Uh, to ask questions, have the courage to ask the questions. Um, and, and that's what I'm excited about to do in this podcast, yeah. uh, to ask some really deep questions. Um, this morning, we were talking about the, the state of our children, uh, the spiritual state of our children, our friends, and the fact that researchers are saying now that about 40% of Generation Z 
claims that they are uh, agnostic or atheist, uh, have no use for spirituality, when 25% of the baby boomer generation said the same thing when they were the same age, how has that, how are you guys experiencing that in your age group or people that you know? I, I see a lot of, uh, I don't know, like, my, I don't know, I guess, Brayden, if it weren't for you having this deep root here at your home church and this community, I, I don't know that I'd be in a faith community here. Um, it's like you, you go to church. I think that, I mean, that, honestly, and, that's something to explore though. Like yeah. that idea that if it weren't, and I don't want to, not me taking credit, but, right, right. but, but you and I have talked about this and, and a lot of it is the, the returning or whatever coming mm -hmm. back to, and I, mm -hmm. I, I'm, lots of ways that we're going to explore this idea, but God is always coming after us. And then, so when we decide to turn around and go back towards God, God's coming at us. And it's, mm -hmm. so it just happens faster and easier every time. Mm -hmm. But you having that sense of without me getting to that spot in my life where I was ready to turn around and go back, that you may not have been ready for that either. And just the idea, like we've kind of talked about it and touched on it, like, where would we have been had it not been like six months ago? We would you have written this story six months ago? Heck no. Mm -hmm. So why are we like I? There's a part of me that goes, I don't need to be so much in control of the next six. I don't need to know what the next six months holds because this is more than I could have imagined. Mm -hmm. If it would have been written out like I wanted to write it out, he wouldn't have, that would have been yeah. terrible. So I'm curious, and that's one of the most important values we all should have. And if we can instill that in our listening audience, curiosity is awesome. Curiosity didn't kill a cat. Curiosity gives life. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm curious, Liz, how you went from being so filled with joy at leading children's ministry, not that long ago, mm -mm. to just saying, you know what? If it wasn't for Braden kind of dragging me, I wouldn't have anything to do with this place or organize religion. I don't want to point a picture at a place, yeah. but organize religion. What, what was the change? Because this is probably uh, a situation for most of the people who are listening, mm -hmm. who are listening to us. Right. Um, you move somewhere and you you know, maybe meet someone and you end up going to that church. I found a really great church back home um, in Los Angeles. At the same time, I, I didn't feel like anybody knew me personally, maybe within my small group they did, but like the pastor, I would never have conversations like this. Um, and so the, the thought of being able to have that kind of community where um, we're asking these faith these questions about our faith and, and Jesus Christ and God, like the really deep questions that rattle your soul and your bones. Um, but at the same time, an intimate conversation, like doing life with these people, not just let's get a good word in on Sunday, we're pumping you up and we've, we've talked about that. Um, but the fact that, you know, all this amazing life-giving restorative, you know, that I see here, uh, and at the same time, doing it in a community that that really is staying connected. I powered through it. Squirrel. <laughs> so that's one of the other things too. Is we're doing life together, and the audience is going to hear some sounds mm -hmm. that, like my son calling in. I'll have to call him back later. And Taylor or Ava, uh, the little ones, we might be recording someday, and yeah. you all are going to meet our. Our, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Our others, significant <laughs> others. So, uh, so you're going to hear some life sounds as we go along. That's uh, okay, uh, because we want to be open and vulnerable, and we're doing the best we can. And uh, uh, well, and your phone rings when you don't think it will. That's right. 
That's my right. phone rings when I don't think it will. So it's just, it's a thing. It's a, it's a part of what we want to do in this community through St. Paul United Methodist Church, through Dakota City, through Homer, mm -hmm. through the United Methodist Churches here right now, because that's the best platform that we've got to be able to do this. But the community that we that we envision is a community that we're not we're not fake about it. We're not we're not trying to say, gosh darn it, you didn't turn your cell phone off before you came into worship and it went off in the middle of the prayer and now we're all good. Yeah, you everybody has a cell phone in worship now. Somebody out of the if you're lucky, 100 people that are gathered together, somebody will forget and yeah. somebody will yeah. have their phone ring. We actually have, we encourage people to have their cell phones out and interact with our online. Yeah. But if we can, but if we can let that cell phone ring yeah. throw us off that easily. What drum? Like, what? Back to Eric's <laughs> other question of like, you, we, you went from being the children and family ministry director in Grand Island and then we came up here and we both kind of, fell off the wagon, however you want to say it. Walked away. Walked away. Yeah. We both kind of were in that space for some reason. Mm -hmm. I have thoughts of burnout. Burnout, maybe a little. Burned out, yeah, lots of it. But there wasn't also wasn't a door open saying, hey, come work in our church for the children's ministry. And maybe that I, was, you know, in the grand scheme of life, maybe that was our cell phone ringing. Yeah throwing us off then this is us coming back and and recognizing the things that matter there are things that matter pause right there still there yay So we can edit that part. <laughs> We're on do not disturb now. So Liz, if you wouldn't mind, continue a little bit of that kind of drifting away. Um, what aspects of life uh, did that affect it? And is it, um, were you just busy? I mean, you got little kids. Was that part of it? Uh, no, because our kids became the reason why we came to church. Okay. You know, we wanted them. Sometimes it'd be the only time they'd see certain family members. Um, or, you know, they get to see their little friends. And we would just come because I wouldn't listen to the sermon. I wouldn't get to. Yeah. <laughs> trying yeah. to keep them quiet. I'm worried about disturbing everybody else in the service. Um, so, but, but we did start bringing them anyway because they enjoyed it and they'd have Sunday school. Um, and, and drifting away, I think I just wanted to do, there's no easy explanation. It's just, I wanted to do what I want to do. Yeah. Religion, not re organized religion. You have to act this way. You have to do this. You have to do these things. And I just said, I don't, I'm not too busy, but I don't want to. I'm tired of living That's, in your box. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't. And I'm, I'm tired of living in the church's box. And so I don't and I, fit in the church's box. You know what? I, I mean, I came from, I was leading worship stuff in the Grand Island area at, at, a, at a church down there. And I think, honestly, I think that's probably where a lot of it came from is, you know, as worship leading people or any, any, Name the leadership position. There is a box that you're supposed to fit in in order to be that leadership position. Pastor, CEO, bank president, whatever. Doctor, farmer. There is a box that you're supposed to fit in in order to be, quote unquote, that person. I got tired of being told what box to fit in. Mm -hmm. And I felt so much pressure from walking into a church and the expectation just screaming right at me. Like you, you've got big shoes to fill. You've got, we've got, we expect big things from you. You need to save the church. You need to bring in more people like you. And I, 
how am, in the world am I going to do that when I don't even feel like I want to be here, that I'm, mm-hmm. that I'm just not getting what I want. Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to? So yeah, that's why. <laughs> and honestly, Eric, before, it, before Brayden started joining you in the, the worship services, we had one of his aunts picking up our daughter to go to church. Just, hey, does Ava want to go to church? She'd love to. That's Ava would love we to, were. but we're, we we're going to stay home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where we were. And, and that's, that is exactly why we're having this conversation. Because if faith, if our faith is just acting, if it's just going through the rhythms, then there's no reason for it. If our faith is just about going to church and going to potlucks and uh, community service, and that's all it is, well, join the Rotary Club, mm-hmm. right? Because they do pretty good work. Yeah, mm-hmm. and those things are all really, really good. Yeah, yeah. But there's enough other places that we can do those things, right? If if we want to get into some definitions, sacred, sacred time, sacred space, sacred buildings, it just means set apart and different. It doesn't mean it needs to stay on a shelf, polished over here, and we can't ever touch it. So let's let's let this community be that sacred space that we come and we interact with it and we play with it and we look around at it and see what happens. Because all the other things of like, there are people who need to be fed. Well, there are places where people are being fed. So let's go support them. If we want to feed people, let's go support the people who are feeding people. I need a place to come and like, get my zhuzh back, my, 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 yeah, we can do this. That's what I need from the church. I need that place. And that place doesn't come from, it comes from potlucks sometimes. It comes from community gardens sometimes. It comes from Bible studies sometimes. It comes from worship services sometimes. But this place, this is where all those things get mashed together and give and get an extra purpose saying, no, this is what the divine spark within you was created for. Questioning faith, we all go through life saying, why? It's the first thing we ask, why, 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 why? This place helps, has, this building this group of people that has gathered here throughout my life has always helped me to find my why whenever I lost it. And I want to make it be that again. I want to continue that. I want people to be able to come here and ask, how do I even find it? How do I know if I lost it? Mm -hmm. So you bring up a great word to explore in this first episode, (laughs) place. Take us into what place is, because you just said place in about five different potential definitions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Place. Room, space. How do I know when I'm in my place? How do I know what my place is? So when I find just that there's a comfort, there's a, there's a sense of freedom, but it's not anarchy. Well, freedom to ask questions and to just a, just enough anarchy that I can go down whatever path I need to go down to ask the question, but not enough anarchy to stay there. Mm-hmm. Not enough anarchy for me to say, ah, forget the whole path. I'm going to stay on this one. Mm-hmm. Those are the, the, I am my own place, really. If I, if I, I guess if I'm really asking, answering the question, I'm my own place. And when I feel comfortable, 
that's when I feel at home. That's when I feel like I'm in my place. When I can ask the questions, whether inside or outside or in front of a crowd or with three people or whatever it might be, but when I can actually ask the questions that come up, when I can ask the question out loud and not feel like anybody's going to say, that's not really, you really shouldn't ask. When I can say, is the thing on the altar the thing that we're worshiping? Are we worshiping the altar? Are we worshiping the cross that hangs from the ceiling? I don't know. I don't have that answer, and yeah. I'm not going to give you that answer either. Well, it's a good it's a good start. It's a good but, question for the listeners to be considering it in their own lives. But a place that I can ask that question, yeah. that's I, the place that I want to be. I hear community um, because there has to be other people to engage with mm-hmm. that are listening to that question and are being challenged by that question. So that place is the community of listeners mm-hmm. that hopefully we're developing. Yeah. Uh, that place could be a building. It could be a congregation. Uh, it could be small groups. It's uh, it's where we feel safe, perhaps, yeah. uh, surrounded by people who love us and are supporting us. And it, that's the place I want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm an extrovert, so I need to be surrounded by people. This year has been hard on you. <laughs> it, has <been> hard. <laughs> it has been hard. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I pour all my energy out to be around a group of people. And there's nothing more exciting to be involved in engaging conversation, to have people throwing ideas out and challenging and and saying, yeah, but I wouldn't go there. And that's okay. Uh, you know, to have that exciting conversation going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, and then I get done with that and I go home and ooh, I need some, I need some place for me, just me and God, just me and mm-hmm. Ah, some meditation. Uh, yesterday, uh, this is, a, I think, a great story. We were talking about dancing with the divine. And we had been working on our Ash Wednesday worship service for quite a few weeks, maybe a month at least, really doing some serious planning. And uh, we crafted a worship service that we were all really proud of, that it built in momentum. It started soft and inviting, and it just built to this loud crescendo Mm -hmm. Uh, and we wanted to to bring the idea that lent was a time to dance with god to come out of lent a transformed person because of the way we danced with god Uh, and at the end of the worship service one of the ladies worship waved me over and said oh we would go to camp they would teach us square dancing And we had so much fun. And when we got done, they'd say, don't tell your parents you were square dancing because God doesn't dance. And she said, this was so much fun thinking about dancing with God. Ah, you know, we, we, that's why, that's why 30 and 40 year olds, olds were walking away from the church because you're not giving me a place where I can explore the joy of God. I can dance. Where I can dance. I guess that, I don't know, for me, that comes back to as a kid, I, I, I'm, I'm singing those hymns, those old hymns. I wasn't singing the song I sang last night for the Ash Wednesday service. I wasn't singing the, the latest, newest. I was singing hundreds of years old hymns with stories and words that are thousands of years old, telling about a a love and a creator somewhere at the center of everything that is all about love and grace and acceptance and dancing and that's our place. Oh, no, there's room for me there. 
Mm-hmm. There's room for us there. Like, of course, God dances. Of course, He does. Have you ever seen squirrels running up a tree? Of course, God dances. <laughs> <laughs> Chasing each other and playing and yeah. Of course God dances. But maybe we don't call it God. And maybe we don't call it dancing. And maybe we don't call it, I don't know. It doesn't matter what that what we call it. We, the three of us, recognize that whatever it is, it is. So that is a great segue into where we're going with this conversation. We're going to be exploring questions. Uh, It's a questioning faith. So we're going to ask questions and it only becomes alive. Our faith only becomes alive when we're allowed to ask questions, to explore who is God? What is God? Where is God? Um, One of my favorite current theologians, John Caputo, uh, says God is so beyond our words that the best he can do is say, it haunts. God is whatever it is that haunts us, that compels us to seek, that draws us. He says that God is whatever it is that woos us into relationship. Uh, He said, I'm not going to even begin to say uh, that God has any other descriptors because I have no idea what that might be, but I know I'm haunted by this Holy Spirit. Uh, This Holy (laughs) (laughs) And I love, I just love that theology. Uh, uh, He's got a very accessible book called What Would Jesus Deconstruct? And I recommend it to anybody. Uh, His other books are uh, very slow reads, but what would Jesus deconstruct is phenomenal. Um, And he uh, he explores. I'll give you the abridged version. (laughs) The church is what he says. Everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He does go through that. He he answers that question. And what he uh, he begins with the story of what would Jesus do. And where that originated in a book and written in the late 1890s and uh, the fallacy of even trying to answer that question. Uh, And especially because our Mm. our religious communities are so far from what Jesus would do. Uh, What a joke it is that, uh, that these rule bound institutions would have any idea what Jesus would do because he he would be deconstructing them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Jesus yeah. would be tearing, tearing it down, taking that whole <laughs> no. thing apart and going, do you need this? Nope. Do you need this? Nope. Does it have love in it? Okay, you can hang on to that for a little while longer. Yeah. Do you need this? Nope. Do you need this? Nope. This one was good. We'll, we'll hang on to this one. Like, And that's the thing that, that I love about the, the thinking about how, how would Jesus deconstruct things? Not just what would he... But how would Jesus do it? Is it burn the whole thing down? Is it let it stand there until it just completely crumbles apart? And No, probably not. But it is like nail by nail, board by board. We're going to take it apart and we're going to examine and we're going to say, does this one need to be polished? Do the edges need to be sanded on this one? Does this one just need to be replaced? Like, but even Jesus is going to stand there and deconstruct and question and look at it. And, and so, of course, we're invited to do the same thing. We're invited to ask these questions. We're invited to look at every nail and every board and every door and every window and say, is this, is this really the way that it needs to be? Why not? And then imagine what Jesus is constructing. Because it's a constant process of construction, living, living with what works, recognizing that, ooh, something needs to be deconstructed here. And then not just destroying for destroying's sake, but 
tearing down so that we can build something new. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that has been our constant question of each other as, as we've been getting to know each other and having these conversations. We love what we're doing, exploring what faith is going to become. Mm -hmm. What is our faith community going to look like? And we have no idea. Not a clue. Mm -hmm. I don't want a clue. But it, but it's exciting because we sense this is going somewhere. Yeah. yeah. There's an undeniable urging. A haunting. There's a haunt. I was just thinking that there is a haunting feeling that we are going somewhere. There are things bigger than us moving mm -hmm. in the universe and they are good things. And so for me, part of it is I feel like I finally tapped into it. I've finally woken up to no, 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 no. At the core, the universe really, truly, and honestly is good. Finally feel like I got that. And I want to keep asking, how good is the universe? Instead of how, how terrible is my life? And I won't go stuck in traffic today. Yeah, but when we got stuck in traffic the other day, we all saw it because we all got to go over the bridge. It was so cold. We got stuck in traffic and had to go over a bridge while it was so cold. It goes over the Missouri River and it was so cold. The coldest it's like ever been in recorded history. And there's this steam billowing off of the river. I mean, like like a factory smokestack yeah. billowing off of the river. I've lived here my whole life, never seen that before. So driving across the thing and Liz looks out the window and she goes, whoa. And I just, I got all excited because I said, that was it, that was it, that was it. You just saw God, you just saw it. There's moments that we just go, whoa. That's the goodness of the universe going, I'm here. Mm -hmm. So what you just described is part of the vision that I've cast for this community. And I'm working very diligently, uh, specifically, and not using the word church. Mm -hmm. uh, we're shaping a community, a community of people willing and able to share their experiences of the divine, the holy the holy mystery without any shame, without any fear and saying, was that it? Asking the question, was that the holy? Was that the divine? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Of course. I didn't know that you'd never seen that before because now, now I'm disappointed. I'm, I'm filled with joy that I got to see it. Because it was incredible. I've never seen it like I mean I've seen the I've seen the river steam and but but that filled the whole I mean, valley. It was yeah billowing. The steam just. filled the whole valley and it coated all of the trees. Yeah. So every tree was coated in white, thick frost. Oh you know, and, and it was 26 below zero or something like that. And in that misery. There. It is. Oh my gosh. What, there, there it is. Mm -hmm. It. Right. Yeah. Oh, we, we can get excited about those experiences drawing us forward. So. But you'll miss it if you're focused on the cold. You'll miss it if you're not looking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Liz. You'll miss it if you're focused on the cold and not looking. Uh, you have some experiences, some frustrations with work. Um, and I'm guessing that in those times, in the those spaces that you were in, uh, you were missing, not even looking for the divine because you were distracted by the pain and the frustrations. Is that a fair assessment? Oh yeah, I I definitely I was. That would be the the work week, and then the weekend I just would want to relax and crash. You know, yeah, kind of resort or you know just be over. I don't want to do anything. I just want to get myself 
you know, bandaged up and go back the next on Monday. Yeah. So. Awesome. Well, it's not yeah. awesome that I'm um, thank you for right. bringing that because it's like a tree. The weekend was the triage. triage. Yeah. yeah. That's, you know, if you hear that and you say, oh, that's me. Yeah. Welcome to the club. Yeah. Oh, welcome to the community. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's what we're here for. How do we help each other? How do we triage the people that need the most help and yeah. connect with them and, and all help each other and sharing our experiences uh, of life so that we can together start pointing to the holy. Is that it? Is that it? Is that what you experienced? Mm-hmm. When we walked out of worship last night, I think all of us were saying that was it. That was it. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. And then this morning we were all so tired. It's yep. like we gave everything to it. And what we should be on a spiritual high this morning. No, just exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not, a, that is not what I pure expectation, but that's not what I expected. I, you know, but, and then I said, of course, you know, let us reason together. Of course, we're exhausted. We gave so much and God worked through us so much in these past months. And then we did the thing. And with all the guards down and the vulnerability out and speaking from our experiences and our souls and our relationship in real time, Christ, it's it's a lot. And you don't realize it at the time when you're up there, Yeah, you know, but oh, man. I heard so many amazing things of first times for people. Yeah. You know, this is the first Lent service I've ever been to where I came out happy and excited, you know, like that's what we want for Lent. Yeah. That's so different. That is what my, my hope is my prayer really is that we can build a community of people who say, I never thought church could be like this. Mm-hmm. I never expected that I would like church. I never thought I'd go back to church because of the way they treated me. Oh, that's you. Welcome. Right. Welcome. Because we're going to build a community together. Because we've been there. Like we've, oh, yeah. One way or another, one of the three of us has been kicked, beaten down, or every, like everything that we can think of. One of us has kind of had something there. So like, no, you're not weird if you feel like this thing is more than you can. Yeah. (laughs) I felt that feeling too. It's bigger than I can. I can't even, I can't do it. I can't keep going. I can't, I can't. You're right. You can't, but we can. Yeah. So let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We can together. Absolutely. Uh, and if it wasn't for uh, if it wasn't for each of us picking each other up, mm-hmm. no, we'd have plenty of Sundays that would have been horrible. <laughs> I can't, I can't Sunday on my own, right? But no. we can, but we can. I can't. I could not Ash Wednesday on my. I could not have Ash Wednesday Mm-mm. on my own. It took us. It took. It takes we. Mm-hmm. So I'm a, uh, a certified coach through the Gallup organization, and they provide us a lot of training, a lot of resources. And that we is something that a significant percentage of the workforce is missing. Uh, according to their statistics, only 30 to 33% of the workforce is really engaged in their job that they get up in the morning excited, that they go to work and they have friends at work, that their boss cares for them, that they know what their job description is mm-hmm. and have the skill, have the tools and resources to complete the job description. Uh, have somebody that checks on them, a boss that checks on them on a regular basis, like a weekly basis. Oh, 70% of 67 to 70% of people don't have that. And it's killing them. of Americans are actively looking for another job right now as we speak. Can't wait to get out of their job because their job sucks. And the problem is they're going to find another one. The odds are they're going to find another one that's just as bad. Mm -hmm. That sucks just as much. Oh, man, that one sucks too. They're not going to achieve the thing that they're searching for. They're searching for something, right? Yes. And that something is community. Gallup says that one of the most critical 
factors in being engaged to work is that you have friends at work. So many people don't have friends at work. It's or they're uh, or they're they're their work friend. They're their work they're not friend. Not a life you, friend. You can't really trust them. Right. With because, other, you can't be vulnerable with them. Anymore. Yeah. You can, how can you be vulnerable with somebody that might want to take your job? or might stab you in the back mm-hmm. right. or is threatened by you in some way. Uh, so for those who are listening, want a community, want to be part of a community when which being an open and vulnerable is expected and it's safe and somebody has your back and nobody wants your job. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome because that's what we're, we're working on building here. Yeah. I think that there are a lot of things that as a community of, depending on whether whether we're focused on scarcity as a community or focused on abundance as a community. It, it, it shapes what we see and what we create and what we do and what we feel like we are capable of. Uh, so I'm gonna just get that on that table and we'll- That's a great place for us probably to, uh, uh, to set the table. Mm -hmm. Uh, for this episode and we just say to those of you who have enjoyed this so far uh, please share it as we develop these we'll be working with my brother John Thomas Fuller who has written a book about his journey in life and for we don't know how many episodes for a while we're just going to see where God takes us we're going to be exploring those those uh, his book and his experiences in that journey Mm -hmm. and if you like what we're doing please share it and uh, and tell your friends about it and join us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so until next time. Thank you for joining us this week. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Be sure to tune in next week for more as we join author John Thomas Fuller and explore his book, Enter Into My Rest.